0: This episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Tourism Ireland. Discover what fills your heart with Ireland and experience golf like never before. World-class courses, historic links, breathtaking scenery, and unmatched hospitality await. Visit ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I am digital editor Al Lunsford joined as always by Joe Passoff, my co-host. And Joe, putting it on a tee for you. What are we talking about today?
1: Al, we are uh we're going back to school. Well, yeah, not quite you. back to school. Well, not, not quite back to school, but we are talking about college golf and college golf courses today. Um, right now, we're in the midst of huge two-week period in college golf with the NCAA Division I women's tournament just concluding and bringing on in a couple of days the NCAA men's final event. Um, we crowned a national champion this week at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale. Congratulations to one of the great golf schools of all time, Wake Forest University, the Demon Deacons winning the women's crown a little bit of an upset that it did not go to stanford stanford lost in the semis to uh 12 rival university of southern california but wake forest was loaded as well and uh got the job done in fine fashion so congrats to them um i gotta also roll out a special congratulations to that very special young lady rose zhang of stanford winning back-to-back individual titles at the ncaa championship never been done before she's just an amazing young lady not only superbly talented as a golfer a terrific person i had the chance to play golf with her two years ago and um again maturity beyond her years course management skills beyond her years uh wins the augusta national women's amateur this year i mean not much more for her to accomplish two straight annika awards and um you know sure a little disappointing for stanford not to repeat as team champions but what a legacy and um you know shout out to my friends at greyhawk golf club in scottsdale for doing a great job hosting uh third straight year of doing that uh it's warm but not terribly so out in scottsdale one of the reasons al that uh the NCA and Greyhawk reached an agreement was the NCA frankly was getting tired of having rainouts uh during their premier events especially when Golf Channel was televising it so uh it was hot uh players walked the golf course with push carts uh trolleys as we you know say across the pond and umbrellas you know to keep the sun you know off them and um and, and, again, no rain out here in Scottsdale. Next year, moving to La Costa in uh, near San Diego, just north of it. Gil Hans redesigning that former longtime PGA Tour course. And it doesn't rain much out in San Diego at this time of year either. So really a very good move for the NCAAs. And, um, you know, uh, again, excited about the men coming to town this coming week. Now – Boy, that was a long, long stretch of traveling Joe on here. Uh, Al, let's talk about our favorite college golf courses.
0: Well quickly, um, I just want to say you know great synopsis of what's been going on in the college world. I know people have been probably paying attention to that, especially someone like Rose Zhang who is it's really saying something that she might be the most accomplished golfer at that school at least in the in the in college considering a a guy named Tiger Woods went there.
1: Yeah, Stanford's produced a few uh, uh, pretty solid competitors, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Tom Tom Watson, another famous TW from Stanford. And, um, you know, unquestionably, uh, I know Rose Zhang tied, I want to say it was Lorena Ochoa's record for tournament wins. Uh, She was a University of Arizona player, uh, as was Annika. But, um, you know, again, just... I. Given the pressure, given the fact that she's always got a bullseye on her back, um, you know, giant golf clap to Rosang for accomplishing what she did and and to Stanford as well.
0: So you mentioned, you know, next year going to La Costa, that'll be great. Um, It's been at Greyhawk, um, which actually, you know, it's to to this conversation. It is a, a course you can play where they've had collegiate golf and tournament golf. Um, my dad just played there a few weeks ago and he said it were it was the fastest greens he's ever played on um He's in his 60s now plays a lot of golf and has played many places they were getting ready for the tournaments and that's what he said about Greyhawks so um I know they had the Raptor and the Talon looking great for these competitions coming up. but as you mentioned, Greyhawk, I don't know if you said this or not, but Greyhawk is not where the the any of the schools play. It's not a, a host course for any of those Arizona schools. Um, and maybe that's where we pick up the conversation. Uh, let's stay right in Arizona. Uh, we're going to talk today about noteworthy college courses, some of the ones that appear high on the rankings list or are noteworthy for another reason uh, generally all of these are are if you look up um, you know top college courses in the nation, you're going to find all the ones we're talking about on this list somewhere. So, but let's yeah, not get I'll, away from, from Papa Go yet.
1: Sure. Sure. And, and I want to preface this as we get into it by saying that um, most of the courses that we're going to talk about on today's show um, are public access, Right. you know, and, and I wanted to emphasize that because, you know, so many of us who love to travel and discover, you know, great public access courses many of them are destinations uh, whether you're talking about pinehurst or Bandon or whistling straits or pebble beach um there's some wonderful munis out there there are the daily fees like greyhawk but there are also some terrific public access courses that are affiliated or even on campus with some of the nation's finest universities so Little inside tip, don't neglect those in your travels. Don't just assume that they're private, because some of them are, and that includes Stanford's excellent university golf course, Ohio State's Scarlet, um, and and some others. But there is that subset, great category of golf courses that you can play that are part of the university system, and in many cases, they're uh, great values, too.
0: And if you're an alumni, you get a, a nice discount at a lot of these places. So we mentioned your, uh, alma mater on this list. I would look into going and, and making a time with, with that course and you'll pay a little bit less than you might've expe- expected to.
1: Well, are we talking Papa
0: We're talking Papago and, and Thunderbirds too. I mean, one of the most impressive, uh, practice facilities I've seen for a college team and, I know that comes into play at a lot of these places, too, is that they've built these facilities to attract a certain uh, level of talent to come and play at the university as well. the the course and the the practice facility combined,
1: yeah, absolutely. al. and um and again, Papago uh, is the new home golf course for Arizona State University. Uh, there's some irony in all of this. Topago was celebrated as certainly one of the nation's top municipal golf courses for many, many years. Um, it was built in the early 60s by Billy Bell, who, of course, also did Torrey Pines, among others, and um, got a re- refresh in 2009. But things have happened there. Uh, I-, I say it's ironic because... Arizona State built its own campus golf course that debuted in 1990, wow, maybe 1989 uh, is when it debuted, partly because they were getting Phil Mickelson um, to come from San Diego and said, Phil, we're gonna build this incredible facility and we want you to benefit from it. And uh, Carson Solheim, Ping, a lot of donors uh, put money in, Uh, not a good site, but Pete Dye worked his magic there. And lo and behold, uh, 27 or so years later, the university needed that land for expansion, for buildings, um, new new uh, ball fields, and so forth. And that was the end of the Carson golf course at ASU. And so away it went, and they worked a deal with Papago, which is only a couple miles from Arizona State. And um, yeah, uh, Phil Mickelson and uh, his design team built the practice facility at Papago, uh, redid the public version, and then did a private version just for university players. And it is fantastic. it' capable of mimicking all the different grills that Phil learned on and, and still uses. And, you know, again, uh, pretty magical short game. So um, it was a bit of a blueprint you know uh stanford did one that was incredible using different grasses and uh, let the guys and gals practice under those different conditions asu did their version of that so um papago is still a municipal golf course owned and operated by the city of phoenix and then a private partnership that has added to the mix so uh yeah i mean Easily under a hundred dollars when you're out in Phoenix, there are a lot of great golf courses to play in Scottsdale and elsewhere, but don't neglect Phoenix Papago park in your travels.
0: I got to play it. I think this was last year and you know, okay, it's less than two miles from the airport. So it's a quick one to hit on your way out. If you've gone and visited and played in Scottsdale uh, at some of those higher profile places. Um, Great scenic backdrop one side you've got downtown phoenix the other side you've got the papago buttes so those big red rocks that you're looking at um they've also added a a very sweet bar and grill at the clubhouse called Lou's bar and grill it's a great place to to have lunch and have a beverage after you're around and just hang out um or go to their public practice facility which is looking at those same buttes and um it's just a wonderfully relaxed vibe, you know, as any really well-maintained muni is. Uh, you're you're going to have a, a, a nice time, and it's a, a unique little course, and it's got a university tie, so you can check a lot of boxes by going and playing at Papago and not spend that much money, like you mentioned.
1: Yeah, and it's walkable. Uh... Again, an old-fashioned golf. It wasn't designed with real estate, so the next tee is close to the previous green. It's plenty testing. I mean, it's seven thousand three hundred and thirty yards from the tips, and um, even that might not be enough for today's young collegians um, who just pound it. But uh, there's there's a little room to add uh, if they want to add some more length. But uh, yeah, ringing endorsement from both of us on Popago. And uh, the again, for the last three or four years, the home to the Arizona State Sun Devil men's and women's golf programs.
0: Now that we've kind of hit Arizona, maybe let's start at the, the top of the list of the places that people think of when you're, you're talking about the elite college golf courses. Uh, Joe, where do you start on that list?
1: Well, on that list, Al, uh, uh, among the ones that you can play... Elite golf courses, college golf courses, has to start with one of the most elite colleges, universities in North America, which is Yale. Yeah, Yale University in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Um, It was always a bit of a mixed bag with Yale because was it open to outside play? Was it not? I mean, even in rankings, it would appear. And like, wait a minute, we're not open, you know, to outside play. So. Yes, you heard it here from us today. Starting late in 2022, Yale is open for public play. There's still a membership. There's still student discounts, uh, faculty discounts, and the rest. But there are times of day and week that you can play Yale. Do not miss it if you are anywhere in New York, Connecticut, and and that sort of thing. Uh, It's a C.B. McDonald Seth Rayner golf course that has every ounce of fun in design that you'd ever want to see. It is so quirky. It is so natural lay of the land with those template holes, the features that McDonald Rayner did throughout their golf courses, template holes. Um, I mean, you know, first hole, 420 yards. Uh, starts off with a carryover water to a crested fairway, and all of a sudden, your approach is to a 10,000-square-foot cutting surface, and it's bifurcated. To the left is a punch bowl to the right a Plateau. I mean, one hole in, and you're going, holy cow, I've just I've just stepped into an architecture museum. And it, and it just gets better and quirkier from there. Um, and I, again, at least a dozen holes you will remember like the rest of your life for this reason or that. So the other issue for a long time with Yale was conditioning. They just didn't emphasize it enough, understanding the treasure they had. Um, they had a, a couple of misguided, if you will, re- renovation attempts almost modernizing it in some respects, um, did not set well with the purists. And so uh, most recently, within the past year, Yale decided to engage Gil Hance, Jim Wagner, their team, to restore Yale to the original uh, C.B. McDonald, Seth Rayner design. Um, A bit of a disappointment for our friend Robert Trent Jones, Jr., who attended Yale. Um, Gil, and Robert Trent Jones Sr. went to Cornell. And uh and I think uh young, younger Jones uh, really would have liked that project. But uh, you know, in Gil Hans's hands, we're still pretty certain it's gonna come out great. And um go play it now, and then the restoration will put it on a level where it'll be again among the nation's uh, absolute greatest golf courses.
0: Yeah, good design getting uh even better and going back to the way it was originally uh, set up by CBM McDonald and Seth Rayner. Um, how about this, Joe? If you're a Yale University student enrolled, you can play that course for free after 5 p.m. If you're going before 5, it's uh same as the faculty-staff rate, which is 75 bucks. But going out twilight and playing that golf course for free, pretty good perk.
1: Well, I guess if you did OK on your SATs or whatever, <laughs> whatever they give to get into Yale, uh, that's a nice perk uh, to have.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, uh, nope. it, it, it's 125 is their listed rate for a guest uh, Tuesday through Sunday. And uh, it <sighs> looks like October of this year is when they're going to start the restoration with Gil. Um Yeah, I guess that's TBD still, but uh, that's the what they have listed on their their information on their website.
1: Yeah, if you love architecture, don't wait. I mean, get up to Yale and see it in its present form uh, because it's a, a, an absolute treat. And Al, while we're in the neighborhood, um I, I just discovered something yesterday in researching for our show, not far away, just a few miles really, um, uh, there is a golf course in Milford, I believe. Uh, called Great River, and it was a 2001 Tommy Fazio design, Tom Fazio's nephew. And Great River has always been ranked among the best public courses in Connecticut. I mean, certainly for the last 20, 23 years since it opened, uh, difficult, gorgeous, usually in superb condition. Well, you know, I mean, things happen during the recessions and pandemic. And apparently, just a few years ago, Sacred Heart University purchased Great River, and it is now uh, still fully public, but an amenity as part of Sacred River, which is only eleven miles. I'm sorry, Sacred Heart, uh, which is only eleven miles away from Great River. So, if you happen to be up looking at Yale again. Uh, do the double and go play great river for some excellence in modern golf course architecture on a college course.
0: That's a deep cut. I doubt many people would have put that together on our college courses list, but uh, that's uh, that's what you get when, when you enlist Joe Passoff to do his research, he comes up with with this kind of stuff.
1: Here we are, Al. That's uh, we're, we're here to entertain and educate.
0: We might as well hit uh, a twofer. You know, staying on the, the the topic of Gil Hands and college courses, it seems like he's had his hands on a few of these. So, um, a couple of smaller ones too that are that are part of this list, uh, but well acknowledged uh, across the span of of the top public courses in uh, their respective states. Uh, so I'll start with one, uh, Joe. This is the course of the. The Williams College EIFS, E-P-H-S, is their mascot. But I learned in my research that it's pronounced EPHS like Chiefs, and not Fs, as you might pronounce it by looking at it. Joe, their mascot is the Purple Cow. They're in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and they have a great course called Taconic. And Gil Hands did a renovation there in 2009 of the 1927 Wayne Stiles Designs, he of Stiles and Van Cleek. This is a course, like I said, it it's up there with the best public courses in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, so not only is it a great college course, it's one of the best you can play, period, in the
1: state. Uh, no question about it. And uh, again, its location in the heart of the Berkshires means in autumn... There aren't too many better looking golf courses, uh, than Taconic, um, and Williams college, of course, gave us, uh, man, president James a Garfield and a fellow that used to run a baseball team named George Steinbrenner. Um, so yeah, have your cameras ready at the downhill 470 yard par four 11th, uh, terrific uh, golf hole, but, um, yeah, a little trivia for you on the par three fourteenth. 16-year-old Jack Nicholas aced the hole in a practice round at the 1956 U.S. Junior Amateur. So a little trivia to go along with a terrific New England college golf experience at Williams College's Taconic Golf Club in Massachusetts.
0: Like I said, I mean, what what are how do you how do you pull these out of nowhere, these little facts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Al, I've been doing this a while <laughs> And um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's one of those things. I mean with um, wherever you go, uh, there's got to be some fun facts associated with it and it's our job on the links podcast to dig those out.
0: Well, let's see if you can dig something out of the University of the South. That is Sewanee, as it's also called, the Tigers in Tennessee. And, again, another Hands reno in 2013 at the course at Sewanee. Uh, it's only a nine-hole course. Uh, big sweeping vistas on top of the Colum- uh, the uh, Cumberland Plateau. Uh, and gets a lot of comparisons to another nine-hole course uh, or the compare-contrast uh game played with sweeten's cove there in tennessee as well um so a really popular nine hole course here at the course at suwan
1: yeah i mean isn't it amazing to have two nine hole golf courses in tennessee that are kind of at the top of everybody's list of great nine hole courses uh yeah this one uh suwanee probably doesn't get a- as much love um but it deserves a whole bunch. I had a chance to play it a few years ago. And, um, you know, again, you're just attracted to it when Gil Hans's name is associated with it. Uh, he it, it was like early in 2012 and he had a little gap in his schedule uh, just before he won the bid to create the Rio Olympic course and then to remake Doral's Blue Monster. You know, like, hey, I, I've got a little gap. And he filled it with this renovation, a restoration course dates to 1915 and belongs to the University of the South and um, you know, not a pure restoration. He added 28 bunkers, cleared some trees to open up those long lost mountain vistas. And um, yeah, it was just a pure enjoyment, total fun, had an old, old friend, one of my oldest friends who I had our, uh, was reuniting with, he and his brother that uh, trip. And uh, Dr. Adam Blum from Cleveland, and he had his first hole-in-one on the sixth hole at Sewanee that day. And uh, we, well, it was a mild celebration. We had to drive on to Atlanta, so we celebrated with ice cream uh, instead of booze. But, uh, yep, don't miss that one. Uh, University of South hasn't really been a football power in 100 years but uh, as as a golf course goes, it's a great one to seek out, just like Sweeten's Cove nearby.
0: So I guess that could have been the sixth or the fifteenth, if you depends on if you were going around for the first time or the second time. Uh, to do so, if you loop around twice, it's going to be between fifty and seventy five bucks. So still a pretty good deal. Uh, back that up. Compare that to Taconic, where you're an unaccompanied guest will run you about two hundred. So in that comparison a little better value probably at uh course at Sawani but you're you're playing the same course twice and uh yeah so difference yeah, not, in difference in environment and a little difference in price but two really yeah. good courses
1: No question. Yeah, and both especially scenic. Um so yeah, not a lot of arm twisting required to go a second round at Sawani. But, um, Al, we still got plenty of other golf courses to travel, but I like the fact that you're making your way to the south and the southeast. There are a lot of great golf courses, uh, we'll say, in and around the Carolinas.
0: Yeah. Go on. Lead the way. Wherever wherever you want to take this one, I'm happy to go there with you. This episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Tourism Ireland. Discover what fills your heart with Ireland and experience golf like never before. World-class courses, historic links, breathtaking scenery, and unmatched hospitality await. Visit Ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today.
1: Well, I thought as long as we're in Tennessee, we'd move to North Carolina, maybe a little South Carolina too, but Al, this is is your neck of the woods, and uh, there are a couple of absolutely superb college rivals with rival golf courses and of course i'm talking about the university of north carolina chapel hill and duke university in durham and um, i'm teeing you up for a little discussion on the cultures at the two schools and and both golf courses and i'm happy to chime in sure
0: well um you know what it doesn't pain me too much to say it, but uh, the Washington Duke Inn and Club in Durham is a very fine establishment, and that's coming from a, a UNC grad here. So uh, that should tell you something. It, you won't. Uh, you can put the rivalry aside when you go out and play this Parkland design from Robert Trent Jones, uh, later renovated by his son Reese. Um, playing through the tall pines and the, the forest of Durham uh, with that stately Washington Duke in backdrop on a few of those holes. It's a a really great experience. Um, You know, really nothing, nothing but good things to say about Duke's course. Um, I can, I can just leave it there. Right, Joe, I don't have to keep, you know, law. No, I
1: I don't want you to overdo it on Duke because you might hear from some of your fellow Carolina Uh, Boosters, yeah. I I will say this, uh, Al. You did remark the Washington Duke Inn is is a special, you know, place as a lodging experience goes. But I don't know that I've ever experienced quite like being able to walk down the hallway of this lovely small hotel, and at the end of the hallway is the pro shop for the Duke Golf Course. I mean, there's no other like doors and corridors and like there it is, and you're in the pro shop. And then do your business in the pro shop and right outside is the golf court. So, you know, a very special symbiosis between the lodging and the golf uh, going on at Duke. So, um, yep. Great, uh, putting kinda, surfaces there. Yeah. Kind of
0: like, kind of like the mid pines. Have you been to mid pines and played there? Kind of the same of feel. Yep. It that, the yeah. Yep. It must be a Carolina thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, okay. I, I think we've been more than fair to Duke, uh, at least, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for you and your Carolina blue. Yeah.
0: That and that's L. your that's your eighty-five to hundred and five is what they list as their rates for, for approval. Okay. Yes, they are at the at Duke's course. Um cross town, uh just down tobacco road is a lovely place called UNC Chapel Hill and a golf course there that uh has been a joy to play for many uh, called UNC Finley and home of the UNC Tar Heels men's and women's teams, uh, opened in 1950. A George Cobb design was kind of, you know, not renovated, but redone almost by Tom Fazio, uh, in the late 1990s and currently is undergoing uh facelift by an alum, Davis love the third and another alum, his brother, Mark love, um, so that's happening right now, Joe. the The course you cannot play until later this fall when they're done with their updates. But, but a lot is being done to Chapel Hill's course, um, and that includes a complete reroute of the course. What was once the the back nine is now the front. Uh, they've added a few new holes on the front. Um, so they've added a. I know they've added a short par four. Uh, it's the two nines are split by the entry road coming into the course. And so they've added a short par four and they've added a new creation, new par three. So uh, on top of replacing uh, the grass, we're, we're talking a new setup. We're also, you know, goes back to our conversation that we had about these universities wanting to attract the best golfers in the nation. Um, I read a story by our friend Lee Pace, where a, a golfer, high school golfer from North Carolina said, you know, I'd love to play at UNC, but I don't feel like they have the facilities that are going to allow me to maximize my talent. You know, and, and people at Carolina hear that and they're like, well, we have, we need to do something about that. So this new facility is going to be top of the top, the cream of the crop, because they're not going to try to lose people from North Carolina again, Um But they've added, they're building a new driving range, new facility for the players, adding a little short course that's only for the players as well uh, on top of the new design that's opening there at UNC Finley. So it will be, you know, when it was open, it was about in the the 60 to 70 range for a guest to go out there and play. You probably see that go up a little bit, which is fair and natural, but there's going to be a lot of new there at UNC to enjoy. All right, there's my spiel. On UNC.
1: Yeah, I, I, Al, I mean, you know, you you expressed it perfectly because on the one hand, for everybody that's listening to us and you love to travel and try out the different golf courses, it's exciting, you know, that there's going to be improvements in what is was already a very good golf course. But the truth is, this is a university golf course, and that's they're doing what they feel they have to do to stay relevant and to attract the top talent, keep the homegrown talent at home if at all possible. And, um, you know, that's the way of the world with football stadiums, with professional stadiums and, and everything else you uh, weight rooms and, and all the rest, you know, if you want to attract the best, you've got to provide for them in the way of facilities. So it sounds like uh proud alum Davis love the third is brother Mark uh, and their design team are doing just that for Carolina. And
0: I think expectations are high there. I mean, you've seen what Davis Love has done with places like the Plantation Course at Sea Island, turning that back into just a lovely design. So yeah, Atlantic, I, I have high
1: Atlantic hopes. Dunes. Uh, Atlantic Dunes for Sea Pines and Hilton Head. Right. Another you know excellent uh, renovation. And um, so Al, I I know that Duke and Carolina kind of grab the lion's share of the glory, but in that research triangle. You got another basketball powerhouse uh, and lately a football powerhouse uh, that's got uh, a good golf course too.
0: Yeah, the NC State Wolfpack. There you go. So I know you know a little bit about that place. It's an Arnold Palmer design. I actually haven't played that one, Um, but it gets uh, a lot of high marks uh, and people say good things.
1: You know what's funny, Al, is that Arnold Palmer, of course, went to Wake Forest and the Arnold Palmer Scholarship, which Webb Simpson and Wills Alatoris and others have benefited from. I mean, it's a phenomenal golf school in its history. Curtis Strange, I don't want to leave anybody out. But even though there used to be a Wake Forest Golf Club, they never had a university golf course. However, Wake Forest (laughs) gets to go play one of the greatest hidden gems in all of American golf, the Old Town Club in Winston-Salem. Very private otherwise. And uh, Perry Maxwell, phenomenal set of greens, maybe most relevant to us now. That's where Bill Coor who attended Wake Forest, really learned about green design and strategy and what a place to learn. So that's Wake Forest. NC State has a modern golf course, uh, which is also uh, highly regarded, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, he uh, Arnold Palmer, Etsy, uh, a beautifully balanced test, big greens, memorable par f- threes, five of them, um, views of the Raleigh skyline and a big Pine valley-ish closing par four so it may not attract the attention that carolina's finley course does and or duke the washington duke in but lonnie pool at nc state is is worth the time if you're in the area
0: views of the raleigh skyline from lonnie pool and in a similar vein uh two of the guys at arnold palmer design company that were part of helping build that place eric larson brandon johnson both NC state alums. So, uh, guys that are in the industry, giving back to their alma maters. It's cool to see.
1: Al pulling out the ACC architect trivia for our podcast listeners. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah. A couple of excellent designers and Eric Larson and Brandon Johnson. So, um, yeah, I mean, and there's plenty of, uh, other great golf in the ACC, There's a very good golf course that happens to be in South Carolina that I believe you visited.
0: I did. Uh, The Walker course at Clemson uh, is right there. Uh, It's similar to another course we're going to talk about later where uh, you've got views of uh, at at Clemson. You've got views of the football stadium uh, that, you know, the players running down the Hill to go into a Clemson Tigers football game. Uh, You can see that from the Walker course. Uh, but it is a lakeside venue, Zoysia Fairways. The ball's sitting up nice and pretty for you. Um, winds through kind of a, a farmland type of area on the front nine. And on the back nine, you get a bunch of these coastal water holes, uh, including the par 317th, where the green is shaped like a tiger's paw. So the green is the the middle of the paw, and you've got the four paw prints, if you will, the fingers, uh, bunkers surrounding. So a really cool visual from above, it kind of juts out into the lake there of the, the college courses I've played. That was my favorite. So that actually trumped Duke and Carolina for me I'm trying to think if I played many other college courses, uh, there's a few that obviously here in North Carolina that wouldn't really count, uh, on top of anybody's lists. Although a special nod to Keith Hills, a 27-hole complex, Campbell University, the Fighting Camels. That's their college course. We played uh, my state championship rounds there at Keith Hills in the 27 Ellis Maple holes. So nod to them. But but yeah, I would say Clemson is, is my favorite college course that I've played.
1: You know, Al, uh, there's two other ACC courses that featured recent redesigns that I haven't had a chance to see. Um, you know, hey, one day I'd love to. Uh, one of them is uh, down in Tallahassee, uh, the Florida State University Seminole Legacy Golf Club, which was a project from Jack Nicholas. And, of course, um, one of Jack's sons uh, played football at uh, Florida State. I actually saw uh, a game involving him, um and uh, that was redone in 2020 on top of the old golf course, which was the Don Veller Seminole Golf Course. So it's a completely new golf course on top of that one. Looking forward to uh, to getting to that one day, and then again we can't forget about Love Golf Design renovating Birdwood Golf Course at the University of Virginia. It's part of the uh, Boarshead Resort, but um, you know again Lindsey uh, lindsay irvin designed originally and davis uh i don't know moonlighting from his carolina roots but you know again they they the firm is doing such good work um, i haven't been to birdwood in at virginia um but again on my list so um a lot to see and outside that you can play within the acc
0: but it's not just the only conference that has great golf as we'll keep talking about Joe, I alluded to to Clemson with the, the football stadium in view. Well, there might be an even better example of that at a course that's truly noteworthy as part of this list. Um, we're heading up into the BIG country, I think, or are they the Big Ten? I can't remember. Yeah,
1: it. I, I mean, the Big Ten with like soon to be fourteen schools. <laughs> it's hard to keep so, up. So uh, exactly. yeah, not not quite sure what they want to call themselves these days. But you're ex- exactly right, Al. What we'll call the Big Ten for these purposes. Um, one of the greatest rivalries in all of college sports, of course, is Ohio State Michigan, and wouldn't you know it, both schools have Alistair McKenzie, no less as their designers of their golf courses. And both uh, schools have two different golf courses uh, associated with them, but uh, two of them are McKenzie's and just the one at, uh, at Michigan. Now, Ohio State, most famous for the Scar- Scarlet course, Tom Weisskopf and a guy, oh yeah, Jack Nicholas, among others, I'll throw in John Cook. Um, Joey Sindler, maybe uh, some fabulous Ohio State golfers over the years and Weisskopf, especially, you know, uh, back in the days, a couple of years ago when we were chatting, um, you know, so much he learned from the architecture at Ohio State, but that is not open for outside play. You've got to know a member, a faculty, a student of some kind. Um, Whereas the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor uh, maybe five, seven years ago, opened the doors to outside play. You can get on it, kind of part of a package deal, or uh, you know, it, it comes with a couple of extra niceties. But you can play there uh, as an outsider, and it's so worth going to see. Again, this was uh, built by Perry Maxwell to Mackenzie's specifications in 1931. Michigan's Mackenzie layout terrific elevation changes and a heart of the campus location which is really cool in full view of the big house as they call Michigan Stadium holds more than hundred thousand people America's largest football stadium and uh it you know again I don't think it's as strong a test it's not as long as Ohio State Scarlet but some incredible greens topsy- turvy green at the par five third. Horseshoe-shaped green, oddly enough, uh, at the par-4 sixth is another standout. Um, Arthur Hills restored many of the bunkers in 1994. He was a Michigan grad. He just left us last year, as did Tom Weisskopf. But um, in talking with Tom Weisskopf a couple years ago about this one, man, I felt this could cost Tom Weisskopf his Buckeye helmet sticker when he told me, quote, Alistair McKenzie's University of Michigan course is just as good as Ohio State's, if not better. Man, well, in any case, uh, gosh, there's so few Alistair McKenzie courses that any of us get to go play, make a tea time and go do. Do yourself a favor and go see Michigan's course.
0: Mm. Tom, no, 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 no. Now you've gone too far. Not even I would say that about my friendly Duke Blue Devils across the road but what a statement to say about that course and I've been to Ann Arbor a couple of times uh, ironically just the uh, LPGA used to have a tournament there the Volvic Championship they played at Travis Point in Ann Arbor um, but we stayed near campus and it's it literally it's right across the street from the big house is, is the Alistair McKenzie course uh, also happens to be fun fact the home of the University of Michigan cross country teams. So they run their races on the golf course. Um, I just found that to be kind of interesting, but, but yeah, as you mentioned, it's, you don't get many chances to play a, a McKinsey golf course in America. Um, this is as good of an opportunity as as there is out there pretty much.
1: Yeah, most definitely. But um, Al, uh, the season's not always the longest. There are some other excellent college slash university affiliated golf courses in the big 10. And I know you've got a few of them to talk about.
0: Is this, is this where we throw in uh, the Indiana, the trio, not all of them are in the big 10, but
1: um... well, yeah, you got, you know, huge rivals with two of the big 10 schools. Yeah. And now they've got golf courses to compete against each other. And then there's that other little school in Indiana that seems to attract a little bit of notoriety. Right. Tell us
0: about them. Yeah, people forget about that other school, but um, you know, like we were talking before we started, you know, North Carolina has this threesome of really great great college basketball schools that also have great public golf courses you can play. Um, same kind of goes with Indiana. Um, so we're talking about you know the University of Indiana and Purdue. Indiana has a a course designed by Steve Smyers and uh, Hoosier native Fuzzy Zeller. Uh, the Fowl course, if I'm saying that correctly, that's highly ranked um, among these, these types of college course lists. And you've got their their rival, the Purdue Boilermakers and the Burke Boilermaker Golf Complex that has two, count them, two Pete Dye designs. Uh, so that will will rival any complex in the country. Uh, saying that you, you have two of those Pete Dyes and two you can play, even. Uh, then you have which sh- I think people forget sometimes. Notre Dame is in Indiana, South Bend. Uh, the Fighting Irish have a Corin Crenshaw course, one that has, in fact, hosted the 2019 U.S. Senior Open, won by Steve Stricker. All of those three schools, again, great public golf facilities.
1: No question about it. I don't know why it just happened to work out that way, you know, with the ACC and the Big Ten having such excellent public access golf courses. um, You know, again, we've got our share here, there, elsewhere, but um, man, you know, with all the improvements that are being done to these, you'll start seeing more of them popping up into top 100 public course lists. Uh, university affiliation or not, they they just happen to be there and they happen to be open for outside play. Um, But again, like we said, in the case of uh, University of North Carolina Finley course, the facilities have to continue to improve in order to attract top-caliber young golfers to come play there. So it's not just about you and I going to play a nice golf course. It's about a really talented young player who says, I can develop my game properly at – at some of these places so you know you mentioned the indiana trio there's one more big 10 golf course that um i've got to give a shout out to having played there uh and that's called university ridge uh which is just outside of madison wisconsin home to the university of wisconsin badgers and uh it was a 1991 robert trent jones jr course wetlands tinge prairie holes i mean you know kind of the modern stuff where you can't touch the wetlands and then rolling parkland holes that go through the trees and beautiful trees out there. But Jay Blossie working for Trent Jones, he's a proud university of Wisconsin grad. And, uh, he, they worked together on the 2008 renovation that, uh, not only enhanced the layout, but enhanced the practice facilities big time. And, uh, it's not just the college guys benefiting, uh, but the pros played there as well. The senior, uh, PGA Tour champions play the American Family Insurance Championship there, and um, and for instance, Scott McCarran won one year over native son Jerry Kelly, uh, winning there in twenty eighteen. So University Ridge is is a yet another Big Ten example of a great college golf course that anybody can go play.
0: You know, I thought it was interesting. We we did a piece in this in our summer issue coming up about. Uh, Wisconsin golf and how much great golf exists in that state Uh, it didn't include University Ridge but maybe it should have and it's we talk about the great ground for golf in Wisconsin built by the glaciers of long ago that's part of the reason why they call it University Ridge right Is it sits on top of uh, a ridge that was formed by what they call the Wisconsin Glacier
1: Yeah, exactly, Al. And that's part of the reason you and I are doing this podcast topic today is because a lot of the college courses get neglected. You know, they don't spend money on advertising, if you will, or marketing just to say, hey, come on out and, you know, play our golf course. Uh, It's just simply part of the university offerings, generally speaking. And whatever outside revenue they take in, hey, that's fine. It goes right to the bottom line. But we're telling you, don't neglect these in your travels.
0: It sounds pretty pretty great. It's, it's a mix of prairie and marshland on the front side, kind of wide open. Backside a little bit different, goes to the dense woodlands. It's an Audubon Cooperative Sanctuary, so you know it's a pretty golf course. Uh, and I thought it was was cool they mentioned a signature hole is the 16th. It has three fairways and 16 bunkers. So 16 on the 16th to avoid.
1: <laughs> I think I found five of the sixteen that day I played it.
0: <laughs> and um, in terms of rates, just about hundred or below. So sixty-five to eighty, April through October, kind of the, the off season, and then May through September. Yeah. Or I guess October through April would be the off season. And then May through September, uh the on season is gonna be about eighty nine to one nineteen in that range. So pretty good deal there as well. Joe, we've had. This has been a a good list. We've we've knocked a lot of things off of our list. I know there's probably a couple of others that, um, we've done a good job segueing to each of these. But there's a few others that are that are out there that are that are of note. Um, what else? What else is worth mentioning?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's uh, you can't neglect again. One of the great collegiate areas of the country is the Southwest, and by that I mean Texas and Oklahoma. Um, even pop New Mexico into the mix. Uh, So we got to start in Oklahoma, you know, plain and simple, two of the greatest programs ever for golf, University of Oklahoma, and especially Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State has a university-affiliated golf course called Karsten Creek, a Tom Fazio design from 1994. They played three NCAAs there, 2003, 2011, 2018, it was named for Benefactor Karsten Solheim of Ping. And uh, again, rolling, forested, and the uh, closing holes with feature drives over 110-acre Lake Louise, named after Karsten's wife, Louise. So very special affiliation that Ping always had with college golf. And, um, and Karsten Creek is intriguing because uh, it really is a private club open to the university teams. If you want to play it unaccompanied, there are tee times available, but it'll cost you five Franklins. Yep. You got to really want to play Carson Creek. I mean, it's a terrific golf course. And um, I believe I had a little uh, note a couple months ago from speaking with Andrew Green uh, that Andrew is doing some touch-ups on the golf course and the facility again bringing it into the modern era 1994 sounds kind of modern but that's three decades and we know how equipment has changed and how long these young young players are men and women so um i think andrew green's working on that one but uh yeah carson creek is one uh, uh much less expensive is the jimmy austin course at oklahoma and that uh, goes back uh, a number of years uh, in Norman and uh again it's one that I'd love to get to because one day I'd love to see the Red River showdown between Oklahoma and Texas and in Oklahoma's case the Jimmy Austin uh, Golf Club at the University of Oklahoma native Oklahoman Perry Maxwell and his son Press crafted a championship layout on campus. Um, Bob Cup. Did a facelift, big facelift there in the mid-90s. And then from 2015 to 2017, architect Crip Davis, I mean, again, one of the great, great young architects, an All-American member of OU's 1989 NCAA championship winning team. He restored some of Perry Maxwell's work and tweaked the course further again both to accommodate today's big bashers and also to take full advantage of the property's natural attributes in the last few years no course has jumped higher in the college rankings than Jimmy Austin at University of Oklahoma so if you're in the southwest you got Carston Creek you got University of Oklahoma's golf course uh you got University of Texas which has its own fine golf course, not as highly ranked. Um, but nevertheless, a private. it's a private membership club. Um, and then uh, you also headed even further west into New Mexico, have the University of New Mexico's championship layout, host of multiple NCAA championships, including one uh, 30, 30 some odd years ago that Phil Mickelson of Arizona State took the title. A rolling red Lawrence design, 7,500 yards up in the elevation, about 5,000 feet in Albuquerque. Nice views of downtown Albuquerque. So, um, again, if you're like Bugs Bunny and you say you should have made a left turn at Albuquerque, go do it. Go play University of New Mexico. Some very, very fine college golf courses in the southwest.
0: I've got a random fact that has nothing to do with the University of New Mexico's course other than Red Lawrence, the designer of that course, which is beautiful, by the way, Uh, up 5,300 feet is the altitude of that course. So you're going to get some nice towering drives out there. But uh, he also did Tubac Golf Resort in Arizona, where Tin Cup was filmed. How about that?
1: I'm, yes, I'm well acquainted (laughs) with that uh, piece of trivia and, and a great top 100 course called Desert Forest, the Desert Fox, they uh, called Red Lawrence for a while. But Al, uh, you know, there's another highly ranked golf course in the Southwest, in the middle of nowhere, in Lubbock, Texas. Tell us about that one.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention before you got over to New Mexico, uh, there in Texas, is the Texas Tech Red Raiders, the Rawls course at Texas Tech, is a modern design from Tom Doak, 2003. Basically took this former cotton field, flat nothingness, if you will, moved about 1.3 million cubic yards of earth and transformed that into a, a layout with wide fairways and wilder greens. So that course gets a lot of high regard in the college scene, especially as an original Doke design. And it's another one of those that's sub 100, 44 to, to 90 range to play that one. Like you mentioned, Lubbock isn't exactly a, a hub of activity outside of the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders, but um, they've got an attraction there in the Rawls course. So worth checking off Doke's college layout.
1: I mean it's almost as far it's, it's it almost is to New Mexico basically yeah. uh, right. Texas is so wide across and um, yeah Al I mean you now there's a handful of others that uh, that we couldn't should mention Palouse um, Ridge is one Washington State University up in uh, Pullman, Washington, a John Harbottle design that's well regarded haven't had a chance to go see it but um, You know, many accolades and, uh, you know, I don't want to neglect one more that's back in in the southeast uh, because I just don't think about it being dwarfed by their football prowess. But um, Athens, Georgia. The Georgia Bulldogs play at the University uh, of Georgia golf course, a 1968 Robert Trent Jones senior design, really rolling terrain, tree studded, deep bunkers, undulating greens. Uh, Georgia has produced so many fantastic professionals. I mean, they have to have a pretty good influence. Oddly enough, the courts benefited from a 2006 remodel from that same Tar Heel, Davis Love Third. So uh, Davis is getting around to the college campuses. Yep.
0: Go Heels, baby. Uh, and one there. of the the great uh, T-markers in the game of golf, the, their T-markers are little Georgia Bulldogs, little Uggas. Right there on the tee.
1: And uh, I would go there just for that. Regardless <laughs> of the design, just to see those T markers, I think that would be very cool.
0: Many more great courses out there. We didn't mention uh, for the reason that they're private. We wanted to talk about the ones that you could play. Um, but but yeah, there's a, there's a really solid list of uh, courses where if you know someone, you should go and seek out we could sit here on day and list it, but just look up some of these college course lists that are out there. Uh, check out if your alma mater ranks anywhere near the top. And uh, maybe we missed a good one too. Let us know if there's, there's one we didn't cover in this conversation, but hopefully you, you learned a bunch. Um, you're swelling with team spirit and can't wait to, to rah, rah, shish, boom, at one of these college golf courses.
1: Yeah, and we got another week of college golf, NCAA men's finals here at Greyhawk in Scottsdale coming up. Golf Channel will have coverage starting early next week, and uh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to go watch Sam Bennett, Texas A&M, see if he can duplicate his Masters heroics, and um, you know it. uh, It should be a fantastic competition as always. So Al, it's been nice taking a stroll on campus, on many campuses with you today talking the very best in college golf and college golf courses.
0: Likewise.